Southeast Radio's morning mix. Chat, news, and your views. Good morning and happy new year to you, Simon. Thank you, Alan. How's things? Uh, they're grand, and of course, you are a Kilkenny man, so I yeah. take it that you'll be standing in the Kilkenny section for the game under floodlights very shortly, will you? No, we don't really bother with the pre season friendlies, <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> I told you before, our season starts in June. <laughs> <laughs> and the new manager, you happy? Yeah, with the new manager? yeah. Well, he, we won the weekend, like you know. So he's just going to try out a few young fellas. Um, we'll see how we go, like. But it's going to take a while to get used to him seeing him on the sideline and not seeing the old, the other fellow there as usual, like Cody, you know. Yeah, yeah. yeah but he's cantankerous head on him, but sure, look. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see how we go. <laughs> All right. Let's let's get on. To, uh, he's a nice fellow, is Brian Cody. Yeah, 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 yeah lovely fellow. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> let's move on to the uh, stories making the headlines this week. Um, mm. Clodagh's story. Uh, yeah. I know you won't give too much away, but it's again yeah, another it's example of the creaking health system. That's the best way to describe it. What can you tell us about it? Um, yeah, well, she's a 20 year old woman from Ratangan. She kind of went in, I suppose she'd been suffering with pains over Christmas, and she went in on New Year's morning, like er- early New Year's morning. Like, I don't think it was an easy decision for her to go into the hospital. You know, she kind of, after five days, she thought, I better go in because things aren't right. And Basically, she endured 22 hours in the hospital and kind of left as she was with no kind of idea of what was wrong. She'd been bounced back and forth from one department to the next and sounded like she didn't kind of treat, wasn't treated with the way she wanted to be treated. We'll put it that way, like, you know. Um, yeah. she kind of, I think it kind of just... And hers isn't a unique story either, I don't think. Like, she's just one of the kind of people who was brave enough to come out and speak about it, like, you know, about what it's like in there. Um, she said that once you go beyond those double doors, it's just utter chaos. Like, did so. you speak to her yourself, Simon, or was it yeah, one of your colleagues? I spoke yeah. to her, yeah, yeah. yeah. And yeah. Because I know uh, <coughs> people, you want people to gravitate towards the article, but yeah. she had had previously really yeah. good experiences there. Yeah, like, she she, she rides horses um, in her free time, like, and she said she'd broken some bones this year, like, and she'd been in, I think, collarbones and all these kind of ankles and all this kind of stuff. And she said before this, it was fine, like, you know, she'd always had a positive experience in the hospital but after this she said she'd never go back so like she ended up having to go for a private scan up in Gorey rather than um, go back to the hospital like so she's she's done with it anyway like you know which is a shame because yeah. one bad experience and three good ones like you know but that's the way it is for her anyway and Coda's story is in full in this week's edition of is it across the four papers yeah yeah, yeah we have six you. pages on the hospital, hospital crisis across all the papers like right. so people can kind of get an insight into what's happening there at the moment indeed you have and he ran by there this morning he was out for an early morning jog and if it hadn't been running gear it had gone with him your colleague Parik Byrne oh was he yeah he was putting us all <laughs> to shame he was, yeah. he was out and about um he has a, a, an interesting yeah. detailed article uh, and it's kind of framed like the perpetual balancing act of the hospital manager and he's spoken at length to Linda yeah. O'Leary and I was sitting beside him at the council meeting the other day and he was telling me about this that this is another riveting article again that people need to gravitate towards yeah. uh, what's the core of this one? Well fair play to the hospital for coming out and speaking like they could have hidden behind the kind of um, whatever behind the numbers but they've come out and kind of explained the situation there like that the, the average would be like 100 attendees per day and at the moment there was 190 last week you know so it's the kind of it goes some way to explain 190 per day yeah, yeah that's yeah, the yeah, yeah. yeah so like you know now they're down to 140 and they're saying this is good like for us like, you know so it kind of just kind of underlines what they're dealing with out there the the staff, like, you know, in Clodagh's article, she kind of said she couldn't figure out if the staff weren't nice people or if they were just kind of, if it was the catastrophe they were going with that was kind of causing this behaviour. And I kind of think it's a balance, like, you know, where they're having to, um, they're overworked and they're overburdened out there. And it's, you know, you kind of have to take that in mind when you're, when you're reading these other stories about how people's negative experiences out there. And in Linda's case, then, she's very forthright and very honest in what she, what yeah. she and her team are experiencing. Yeah, she is, and... 
Like they're kind of pointing as well towards the 96 badge union and saying Q1 2027 when that's going to be in place and, and that's supposed to be kind of the cure-all but as we know Wexford's population has grown the whole time so we don't even know if by 2027 we're going to have another extra 20,000 people living in the county so yeah. you know we need to be planning ahead with these things. There's lots of upbeat stories within the, the papers this week yeah. as well but you want to take, uh, take another very serious one it's Remembering Louise and this is a story you covered isn't it? Yeah, yeah it's one of these ones um, Louise Young she passed away from an epileptic fish, it was about two years ago now and it's, it's one of those ones, as journalists we kind of we deal with a lot of sad stories but it was one that resonated with me from day one like you know and um, from the moment she passed I think that weekend they, they set up a GoFundMe and it was like 30,000 in a couple of days and the family have kind of kept that fundraising going ever since and now they're, they're on the brink of being able to fund research into um, special kind of wristwatches that people with epilepsy can wear yeah. That will alert people, like say professional and medical services, that they're in, in danger of having a, a f- epileptic seizure. Like so, it's it's been a real good journey for the family, you know. Yeah. And and Saturday night they all kind of got together. It was the first time they kind of got together because obviously she died during COVID. So they got together and they kind of celebrated Louise's life and gave more information on these these wristwatches. So it's great. Yeah. I just want to refer to something else that I haven't talked to any of your colleagues about, and, and that's Justine O'Mahony's column in the paper. Okay, I yeah. love observational uh, journalism. And yeah. I just absolutely. Love Love her column, okay. and, and this is something that perhaps we never talk about. Really, these regular columns—they're—they're regular feature, and and, yeah. and it's observation, and it's—it's it's very important, isn't it? Because it kind of taps in to to, yeah. to what people are, are thinking about, and talking about. Yeah, bit of humor. I think people, you know, a newspaper can be a bit sterile at times. It's like you know, misery and stuff like this, and all these different things. So it's good to get towards the end of the paper and uh, read journalists like Justine and David Luby and myself, like who kind of. Um, Try and kind of bring a bit of... And Claude. And Claude, yeah, yeah. She, yeah. she had something there about Michelle O'Neill there this week. She's going to be the... Um, I don't know if you've seen that Michelle is going to be... Oh, she was on. She had a chat with us yesterday. Oh, so yeah. yeah, yeah. It's, it's fantastic news, isn't it? Yeah. Really? Uh, uh, upbeat news as well. Alejandro is home. Yeah. Yeah, I was reading that this morning there. Yeah, he's back home after Christmas. Um, still a long way to go, but they're talking about going to, to Turkey to get... Um, Reconstructive surgery on his lip, I think yeah. it is, and his face. Like so, yeah. it's a long road back for the poor, poor fellow. Like, but hopefully, this is the start of him. Like, well, there's lots in the, the local papers today as well. Local radio, local papers, keeping you up to date with everything that's local. Um, John Hegarty, yeah. I haven't spoken to him, but he, I know I am going to speak to him at some stage in the build-up to the campaign. Mm. According to newspaper reports, he wasn't too happy with the cancellation of the Louth match, and who can blame him? He's training these lads to play yeah. matches. Um, any update on that for us? What happened? I actually, I just that was one of Alan's stories in sport. All I know is like that um, it's the pre-season stuff again. Like so, you know, people aren't kind of they're not beholden to it. I know there's been a few cancellations around the country. Like so, I think yeah. we're just gonna have to uh, keep them training and wait for the real stuff to start. I think Southeast Radio's morning mix, chat, news, and your views. Alan Corcoran.